Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Sorry, let me. I, uh, I have what we like to call around Catalyst the Kentucky Guck this week. The pollen that's been blown around has just made my nose and my throat miserable. So if I get sniffly, I'm sorry. And if I take a drink, I'm sorry. But I'm sure we're all experiencing some of it. This rain will hopefully wash it all away, I pray, so I don't have to deal with this disgustingness anymore. Um, but today is a very special Sunday. Today is my very last Sunday at Catalyst Christian Church. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Donovan Gregory, and I'm the youth minister here. Well, I guess technically the former youth minister here. Um, so it's very sad, but it's very exciting because um, I get to move to Cincinnati with my new wife of a few weeks now, and hopefully um, have, I have a goal of planting a church up there. So, and um, that kind of wraps into what we're talking about today. Today's main thing is you will be called, but you just need to listen. And today we're going to be fo- focusing on our calling and how we all as Christians will have callings. Some of us will have a few different types of callings. And um, we need to realize that we will be called and we will be, have to put ourselves second and God first. Uh, but for whatever reason, so often as human beings, we get anxious and awkward and shy when we start to talk about our calling because, you know, I just, I've never met a human being who loves to put themselves second. That's for sure. Um, so our calling, though, will never be something that we need to be shy or awkward about. Um, I found a great, great way to look at callings and how to kind of simplify it for, be- for best for everybody. I've broken them down into three different categories. Uh, The first category I like to call the broad calling. So this is a call that all Christians will get once they accept Jesus into their lives and they become Christians baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We will have this broad calling. This is the call that Christ gives us at the end of his life. Um, But Ephesians 2.10 says this, We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared for us in advance. So we need to be able to, able to and willing to do work for the kingdom because we will be called eventually. We need to be able to have the most, what I like to call Christ-like um, or little Christ, whatever phrase you want to use there, life, um, because that is the greatest form of love. And we as Christians get to share that love. This is the part of that broad calling. Um, the greatest form of love of lying our lives down for someone else, whether it be literally or metaphorically, whatever you want to put use there. Um, We make sacrifices for other people in our lives that don't make sense to non-Christians. We take trips to India that don't make sense to non-Christians. We give away weeks worth of wages because we are willing to give and love and worship the Lord that don't make sense to non-Christians. And we need to be willing to do this. Acts 1, 6-8 says, Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So a big part of this broad calling is being a witness. And the biblical definition that I found of witness is being someone who, someone or, uh, sorry, excuse me, someone who sees something amazing or important happens, and if they begin to share it, we, begin, we call that bearing a witness. And so we as Christians are called to be witnesses of Christ uh, for everyone, for the world, not just in church, not just at work, not just in our families, but everywhere, at our son's baseball game when he sits on the outfield and you just want to yell at him and scream at him like, no, you're playing a baseball game. Or when your daughter is aggravating you and slams the door in front of your face, we are called to be still witnesses of Christ. 
And there's a big, big part that I want to highlight here at the end of that scripture. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is a good reason why I believe that we go on mission trips. Um, we go support missions. We give money to orphanages. Again, we do things that make no sense to the real world, to the regular world. We uh, are loving to our family. We are called to be these witnesses in every situation. Like I said, every situation, work, church, home, at the baseball field, basketball field, soccer field. I'm sure when my dad was umpiring, he had to deal with making sure he was Christ's witness when he was umpiring softball and refereeing football. And I've heard stories of names people have called him, and they are not pretty, and they're grosser than you can imagine. Um, But we are called to be witnesses everywhere, to the ends of the earth. We are called to share love and preach the gospel everywhere. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. This was Christ's final command to us, to go and make disciples who make disciples. This is one of the core values of Catalyst Christian Church, is to make disciples who make disciples. This is the broad calling. This is ultimately the broad calling of a Christian. Make disciples who can make disciples who can make disciples. Because Christianity is so often, in my opinion, caught and not taught. It's cliche, but I love it. It's a perfect example of why, of how to share and grow people. Teaching is very, very important, but once you catch that quote-unquote Christianity bug, um, we, though, get to share it. We need to go make disciples. That was really loud. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big thunderstorm guy, so be, bear with me. Um, so we get to be witnesses, we get to create disciples, and it's great because it starts in our families first. It starts in our marriages with our, ch- I could just say our marriages now, no longer it's your all's marriages, I'm married, this is awesome. <laughs> so it starts in our marriages, how we act and react to different things, how we act when we're in financial struggle how we act when we're having joyous, fantastic time, when we're on vacation, when whatever it is, it starts with us, and then we get to share it with our kids, and we hopefully get to share it with the people in our workplace. Um, Unluckily, one of the worst parts about working in ministry is that I don't often get the chance to just go and hang out with people who don't necessarily believe in Christ. It's a struggle. It's something that we have to go out of our way. My office is filled with three very powerful believers who are very strong in their faith. I have meetings with most often people who, who love Jesus and want to serve him. So that's a struggle for me that I need to get better at, hopefully, as I grow. Um, but we will always worship God. We will always be a witness for Christ. And we will always need to make disciples as Christians. So the next category is, I like to call this the specific calling. Uh, some examples of these are teachers or preachers, elders, um, shepherds is what they like to call them. These people are always leaders in the church, your community group leaders. Uh, we have a specific calling to step most likely into ministry or into a role of ministry like eldership. Um, think of me and Dave and John. We all have specific callings, and that's why we're here in ministry. If you think about all the elders, they have specific callings. If you think about a great person who uh, doesn't work in the church is Daryl Jordan. He used to be an elder, but he is our lead guy for the tech ministry. That is a specific calling that he is skilled at and he is fantastic at. And it's something that is important that we need to know our own skills for. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, 
So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip him, him, his people for work <clears throat> so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So our job as people who have specific callings. Now, some of us might not ever have these specific callings, but you still have that broad calling. But for the people who do have the specific callings, our job is to bring a unity to Christ, grow and teach and love on people and share the, and share the gospel more to them. Um, and this is a great time for, you all to tell, for me to tell you all my story of my specific calling and kind of why I'm leaving Catalyst. So I uh, have a f- wonderful wife of three weeks. We met at UK back when I was studying, uh, studying broadcast journalism, and uh, we started dating, and then Rob Harlemert, our old youth minister, tricked me into going into ministry. And so <laughs> now I'm in ministry, and I absolutely love it. I've never had so much joy in my life before. But we um, were looking for her to find a job down here. And I've told you all, some of you all this story before, but she's applied to nine places down here and sort of got one offer, but it was like at a really bad job that everybody said, don't go work at. And so she applied to one place in Cincinnati and she got the job almost immediately. And then she was more or less headhunted by another company and now she does absolutely what she loves to do. Don't ask me to explain it because I'm not smart enough to. Uh, she's a chemical engineer, by the way, so that, if that helps you all. Um, but, so I felt this was a clear answer to prayers of like, what am I supposed to do? Because I wanted to plant a church. I've been around plant, church planters almost my entire adult life and, you know, my upper maturity years from, I joined Catalyst when I was a sophomore in high school. So this was a church plant then. And Rob, my mentor as a church planter, he planted Elevate, surrounded by it. So I knew that this, that was a clear calling on my life, but I didn't know where. And God has finally answered those prayers, and I believe that that is why we need to move to Cincinnati, because I have a very specific calling to go plant a church in Cincinnati, in a a town that is full of churches, but not everybody's reached, so there needs to be more. So we will all, if you have a specific calling, you will need to use your gifts and abilities. Not all of us will have specific callings, though. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very word of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We have been created by God. We are his handiwork. He loves us so much. He has created us uh, a specific time with specific different skills and abilities for a very specific purpose. And we get to use those gifts and we, when we serve Christ, when we love him and we serve him and we use our gifts to glorify him and praise God, we are using our gifts to show the grace of God, which is ultimately the end goal of, of us discipling people and growing their faith. We need to show the grace of God and how wonderful it is and how much he loves us. And then we need to grow our faith so they can make disciples and grow their faith so they can make disciples because God wants a kingdom of heaven full of his children. He doesn't want to send us to hell. So we need to use our gifts that he's given us to glorify him. We all will have gifts. Um, We all will have abilities. Some of us different than others. I do not play guitar, but John Kelly is rocking at the guitar. He's our worship minister. Dave is fantastic with people, 
Um, and he is a great vision caster, and he's amazing at that. And he casts great visions for Catalyst, and it works well with you all. And I am still trying to figure out mine. I get to hang out with high schoolers, so that's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> so we will need to follow our calls, um, and we have the amazing chance to show God's grace and God's love. The third and the final category I want to break this down to is the very specific calling. It's a very creative title, I know. Um, but this one is very specific, and even less people will have what I call the very specific calling. Um, it may, might even be situational or long-term. There are great examples in Scripture of people who don't have what I call very specific callings. There's also great examples in Scripture about very specific callings, and we're going to look at a couple of them. The first one is Moses. If you don't know the story of Moses, Moses was the one who told Pharaoh to let my people go. Thank you. Thank you for laughing. Um, so Moses was, had a very specific calling that God gave him to God gave him to lead the people out of Israel, or sorry, out of Egypt to Israel. And he parted the Red Sea, and he <clears throat> did amazing things. Um, but he was the, the only one asked to do that. He had this very specific calling to lead the slaves out of Egypt to Israel. The next one is Abraham, and we're going to even dive deeper into Abraham here in a little bit. But uh, he was promised that he would have sons, the, the number of stars in the sky, and greater than the grains of sand on the, on the beaches, uh, if he followed this one command of God of taking his one and only son that he had longed for and to sacrifice him. Again, we're going to dive into that more later. The next one that I want to look at is Paul. Paul was a very interesting character. He, before he was Paul, he would run around and he would murder Christians. That was his job. Um, he would do that until God, he had an epiphany with God, and God called him to greater things. God called him to start essentially the first church. He wrote almost all of the New Testament, about half of it. All of the letters are written by Paul, and he grew the church astronomically in that time for the kind of technology they had. He grew it. He helped make sure they were using the right theology, they had the right teachings, that he encouraged them. He often told them they were stupid, um, but that he still loved him. Um, but Paul had a very specific calling of growing the early church. And so there will be challenges and um, frustrations along, and that leads me to my next point, is that when we follow uh, our calls, God will fulfill his plans. And this is where we're going to jump into Abraham. If you want to turn to Genesis 22, we're going to be in there for a little bit. I'm going to read from it. So, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, take your son, your only son, who you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took him with two took him with two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut the enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out to the place God had told him about. On this third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and himself carried, <clears throat> and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. 
He bound his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out of his hand and took the knife to to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called out to him from Evan, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on that boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up at him in a thicket. He saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering. Instead of his son, so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord will provide, uh, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, you have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring. All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned his servants and they set off together to Beersheba and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Abraham had this weird ask from God to take his one and only son that he loved preciously, that he waited a very, very long time in his life to obtain. And he took him, and he was willing to sacrifice him to follow God's call for him. And because he did this, God blessed Abraham, and he started the, not only the genealogy of Jesus, but he is the father of Judaism. He's the father of, of us, metaphorically. He's the reason why Christianity has begun. He has, God has blessed all nations because of Jesus through Abraham's almost sacrifice of his son. And so Abraham had this very specific calling, but because he finished and went through the call, with the call, he, um, God's plans were fulfilled. God's wonderful, amazing plans for us were fulfilled. I have a couple of real-life examples for you. Rob Harlemert, our church plant over at Ele- in Lexington, Elevate Christian Church, I'm sure he's gone through sacrifice after sacrifice of being a church planter. I meet with him almost every Thursday, and hearing some of the stuff he has to deal with, it's, it's crazy. I'm shocked I still want to plant a church, but um, I do. Uh, but Rob would not hesitate to do it again. Rob has loved ultimately being able to be the church planter, to fulfill the call God has given him. And Dave is the same way. Dave has had struggle after struggle. This church has had struggle after struggle, um, physically, metaphorically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. Um, but Dave would probably do it again in a heartbeat because he loves God and he knows that as long as he's following God's call, God will fulfill his purpose and his plans. And so that will lead me to my next point, is that sometimes God's call will be very, very frustrating uh, like I said, I meet with Rob every Thursday. He loves what he does. Uh, he would do it again, but that doesn't mean he's not frustrated. I'm in ministry. I absolutely love what I do. That doesn't mean I don't ever get frustrated with it. Um, there's plenty of, there's people in the Bible. We can look back at Paul. Paul was in prison very often, and I'm sure was frustrated that he had to keep going back to prison, uh, even though he was serving the Lord. And Jesus, we see Jesus on the cross, suffering in agony, and he begs God, if there's another way do it. If there's another way to save these people besides this pain and torture I'm going through, do it. I'm, Jesus was probably a little more than frustrated on the cross. Um, and we get to, have, we have to experience frustration. That'll come. It'll come. We have to put ourselves on the back burner. We'll have to, with any calling, broad to very specific, other people come first. Christ comes first. God comes first. And we have to love and realize that we're going to be frustrated. 
I'm, I'm frustrated when I see students of mine in youth group who I know are so smart, and they're smarter than what they're doing, but they do stupid things over and over and over again after I tell them not to, and after they witness the misery of those experiences. But it's a part of, it's part of life. Frustration is a part of life, and we have to get over it, honestly. Uh, and that brings us to the next point. We have the broad calling of making disciples who can make disciples. And we do this because we are the body of Christ. Um, Romans 12, 5 through 8 says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If, you, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If, you're, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We are all gifted very differently in here. And our staff is a great example of that. I work with youth ministry, and I absolutely love working with youth ministry. Dave and John were youth ministers, and I'm sure they would help me and step in if I ever needed it or if Rowan ever needs it, but they probably would never want to go back to youth ministry. <laughs> And there's a specific reason they are not in youth ministry anymore. John is very talented. Like I said, he's a very talented musician. He does worship wonderfully. And he is great with people. He meets with people throughout the week, getting community groups set up. That is a skill that John has that I do not have. Dave is a fantastic teacher and a fantastic leader. And he gets up here every Sunday and preaches the word of God and leads a fantastic church. Um, and he has struggles that he goes through and people frustrate him. But he is a leader of this church and he... And me and John could probably never do it. I know John never wants to be a head minister because of, of, lo- of lots of things he's, had to, he's seen head ministers deal with. And then we have Jenny, our fantastic Jenny, who's sadly not in here because she's next door doing children's ministry. And we three men would probably rip our hair out if we ever had to do children's ministry as a full-time job. Let's be honest. She is... She is a very skilled children's minister. And this is why we are the body of Christ who have all different skills and ability, but we come together and we get to fulfill our callings. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but it all, uh, sorry, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we are all given this one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were, were an eye, and were, where would the sense be? Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where should the body be? As it is, there are at many parts but one body. We, as a church family in general, all have different skills and abilities. We have musicians who play different instruments who couldn't play other instruments. We have fantastic people in the tech ministry that are fantastic at camera and sound and directing the online service. We have, like I said, all four of us on staff. I have volunteers who are very good at different things, but they're much needed. Just because you're not good at tech doesn't mean you're not good 
you're not able to serve in, in, in service. We have fantastic community group leaders who would never dare step on the stage and teach. They'd be too scared, but they love leading their community group. So we are, have all different skills, but we all make one body of Christ. And I have a funny illustration to show you all this. So just to let you know, I'm right-handed. So I'm going to write my, hand, my name with my right hand because it's the hand I use often. And I'm going to do it as best as I can in all caps so everybody can see it. So it's not great, but it's not terrible. It's my right hand. It's my dominant hand. Now I'm going to take my left hand, and I'm going to try my very hardest to write it more or less the same. And it probably will look horrendous. So bear with me as I concentrate. Okay, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. The bottom one is my left hand. I told you, it's not that bad. It's pretty bad, but it's not that bad. Um, but just because, this, this is the point of this illustration, is that just because my right hand can write neatly-ish, but my left hand struggles to write my name properly. I mean, you saw the face I made when I was concentrating. I stuck my tongue out and everything. Um, that's for my dad. You can blame him. But that doesn't make my left hand useless. I need my left hand to drive. I needed my left hand when I was a goalkeeper. I need my left hand to duel with my lightsaber. I need my left hand to <laughs> golf, play baseball. I need my left hand to play video games. Just because my left hand isn't good at one specific thing that my right hand is better at doesn't mean my left hand is useless. So just because you aren't as good as teaching in tech, leading a community group, doesn't mean you are useless in the body of Christ. You have a a gift God has given you, and you have an ability that you need to use because God has loved you so much and created you a specific way so you can serve him, love him, worship him, and lead others to Christ because God does not want an empty heaven. God wants an empty hell. So please, if you remember one thing from today, remember just the main thing. You will be called. You just need to listen. Take time. Pray with God. Read scripture. Think about what gifts you have. Just Slow down. Our lives are so fast right now, especially with summer, vacation, the end of school, baseball, softball, playoffs, all of it. Just try and take a moment and slow down and get with God and think about God. How can I properly serve you in the church? Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, another Sunday morning. God, thank you for this.